Hey, welcome to the Ghost News Sports Podcast. This is uh, Austin Huff talking with you. Joining me, as always, uh, my colleague, newly, almost to his three months uh, at the Goshen News now, Evan Alipak. Uh, Evan, spring sports, man, it's back. You said witcha. Good to witcha. be talking witcha. Witcha, yeah. It's not great grammar from a uh, journalist, you I know, would say. You know what I mean? As long as it looks fine in the print, that's all that matters, you know? I also said y'all, so. Y'all's better than witcha. Mm. But if a coach says witcha or y'all, you have to say, you know, you can't say witchy or y'all, that's what you've told me, so it's not okay, it's not good. I think you can, I don't know what the rules with y'all, but witchy is... You don't like gotta. Gotta, gotta, gotta has, bugs me. Has bugs me, gotta is not a word, so... Neither I, is witchy, so... Yeah, I'm not saying <laughs> witchy is, I'm just saying. Uh, anyway, this has been the Goshen News Grammar Podcast, uh, we hope you've enjoyed we're listening. switching it up this we're week. Gonna, we're gonna now shift to the Goshen News Sports Podcast uh, with Austin Huff and Evan Leepak. Um, yes, Evan, to answer, uh, you know, sports is back. Spring sports is back. First time in two years we've had spring sports. You just experienced your first spring sports week as a Indiana resident. Uh, you were treated to a 45-degree softball game on Friday, a 60-degree baseball game on Saturday, and a 55-degree baseball game Monday, but with a breeze. So you got a little bit of everything uh, the last 96 hours or so, 100 hours. Are you... Uh, are you enjoying it? This is this is this is the spring right here. I mean, you know, it could be worse for sure, <laughs> but the wind, the wind definitely gets you. Yesterday at Northridge, great weather, sunny and everything, but mm-hmm. the wind, it'll it'll screw with you. That's yes. for sure. Yes, it will. So, uh Monday, March 29th, well, it might go down as the greatest pitching day in uh, our area's history in terms of baseball and softball. No hitters. Um, four different players yesterday, or Monday, I should say, threw no hitters from our coverage area, including two in the same game that I was at between Goshen and Fairfield Baseball. Reese Fisher for Goshen threw a no hitter, struck out 16 batters, only walked two, and Alec Hirschberger from Fairfield also threw a no hitter, 10 strikeouts. He had five walks and two throwing errors, though, which were key. The two errors uh, after a walk set up, scored the two runs for Goshen. Goshen was able to win two nothing. It was his throwing errors. It was his throwing errors. Yeah, he was a. It was great bunts by Goshen down the down the third baseline. It's a tough play. You know, Hirschberger is a left-handed pitcher, so it was going to be a tough play regardless. Trying to get the guy out at first, just because you have to turn your body as a lefty going down the third baseline. So he should have ate it both times. Probably should have ate it definitely the second and time. And it would have, wouldn't have been a no-hitter anymore. So which one? he was like, which one do I want? Do I, I want? know. In that moment, <laughs> I'm sure exactly what he was thinking about. Um, mm-hmm. And then after he had the two throwing errors, Goshen tried to bunt again, and they bunted it in the air, and he made a diving catch. So he saved the no-hitter three times, technically, twice by his own throwing errors, and then once by an amazing diving catch, which he then doubled up someone at second base with. So... It's too he, bad he didn't get any help. Yeah, it is insane. Kind of demoralizing, I, probably. I, I, I've never... Uh, <laughs> it was definitely the most interesting post-game interview to do with the coach, the Fairfield coach, Darren Kaufman, because it's like, well, your starting pitcher threw a no-hitter, but you also got no-hit and lost 2 to nothing because of a couple throwing errors on bunts. Like, Goshen didn't hit the ball out of the infield and won 2 nothing. you know? So there weren't any fly-outs? 
I don't know if there were any that many flyouts. If they were, they were on the infield. Like it really was. That's like, a pop out. Pop out. Yeah. Sorry. It's characterized Whoa. as a pop out. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Fly out. Pop out. Yeah. It. Uh, uh, I'll tell you what. I, I looked. I know. I know. It's maybe comparing apples to oranges. Doing the whole comparing it to the MLB and minor league baseball. But if you read my story about the game, you noticed that it's never happened in MLB history. There's been a no hitter. Two guys pitched a no hitter through nine innings. Back in 1917, Hippo Vaughn and Fred Tony, the Cubs and Reds, respectively. But then the Fred Reds... Tony didn't have a cool nickname. No, no Hippo, no Hippo Tony. You know, no T Rex Tony. Nothing like that. Um, and then the Reds got two hits in the tenth inning to win one nothing. So, and it's only happened in the minor leagues ten times. I read last time was in 1992. We had a dual no hitter. Um, what about college? I don't know. I didn't. Didn't do that much research. Didn't go you that did, far. You didn't do your due diligence on that? No, I didn't look up every stat in the history of baseball. No, I'm sorry. It's unfortunate. I know. I know. I'm a terrible uh, example for you. I apologize. So, But you did find something out about the area high school like stats, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Stu Swartz, our former sports editor, longtime reporter at the newspaper, he said that he could not recall ever a, a dual no-hitter happening in the area, and he has been covering the area since 1966. So if it happened in the area, it happened a long time ago. Um, he mentioned, Stu mentioned that a fast pitch softball game that he was at was once a dual no-hitter. Uh, that was about 35 years ago uh, at Shanklin Park. He said 1,500 people were there. He was like the executive director of the fast pitch softball league in Goshen, and it was a men's league, and it was a one nothing. Both pitchers threw a no-hitter, though. So it's crazy. Yeah. So in the his and Stu Swartz's entire life, he's only seen it once in a fast pitch softball game. Never seen it in a high school baseball game uh, or a softball game. And again, that guy. If you anything you know, if you knew, if you know anything about Stu Swartz, he is a historian of this area. He knows everything, and he will post about it on Facebook twenty times a day to remind you that he knows everything about this area. It, 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 not much gets past him. And if he is saying that this is the first time he's ever seen it, that, that's, that means, you know, it's pretty darn historic. Um, it's pretty rare, basically, right. is what we're saying. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, I joked with uh, Goshen coach J.J. Dubois after the game. I was like, well, coach, you're still looking for your first hit since 2019, but you're not looking for your first win anymore. And he's like, yeah, I'll take it. I don't care how ugly it looks, man. Like, we got the win, and that's all that matters. So. They'll turn around and score like 20 runs in the next game. Yeah, so if they play like a 15-14 to 14 game today, that's just like the law of averages coming out, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, congrats to Reese Fisher. Uh, senior season starts with a no-hitter. That's pretty incredible. And Alec Hirschberger, his first-ever varsity game. He's a sophomore, so didn't have last year. First-ever varsity game, no-hitter. How? Uh, that's just insane. I, I couldn't believe it when it happened. Like... Pretty crazy stuff. So, um, two more no hitters though. We got to get to in the softball world as well. You were at one of them, Abby Hostetler from Northridge. They opened up that new field with a bang yesterday, eighteen to nothing over Fairfield. And Hostetler also threw a no hitter. You were there, a fourteen run fourth inning for the Raiders. Uh, pretty. You sent me the Rocky gif of throwing the towel. You know that was pretty much where we were at at that point. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Talk a little tough. bit about that performance yesterday from Northridge. Well, first of all, the uh, Northridge Athletic Complex, wonderful. Absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Place was 
was popping because there was track and field and there's tennis. So there's a bunch of people there. I had to park very far away from the softball field. <laughs> Didn't appreciate that, but it, it is what it is. They should have got you a reserved spot, man. They should know you were coming, you know, yeah. reserved Obviously. for Evan Lee pack. Yeah, I drove through that first, the one in front of the football field. I drove through that thing a couple of times, hoping something would open <laughs> up, but I gave up eventually because I had to get to the game. But yeah, it's a it's a really nice softball field as well. Beautiful. Obviously, the first game they played, first season open. It was a season opener for them. Fairfield actually had a game under their belt, so I'm surprised right. that they played the way that they did. Same, and they beat Bremen. Like Bremen's not an easy, like historically, at least in our area, never an easy team to beat. So Fairfield beating them was kind of an eye-opening win. Mm-hmm. So for them to come back and lose to Northridge like that, that was kind of shocking. I don't know what that says about Northridge or maybe or about Bremen or Fairfield. Like it's so early to. You can't tell, obviously. It's one game in for mm-hmm. everybody. And then what's played in two years, so who knows what anyone is. But, like, yeah, it was kind of surprising, that score. It's pretty clear that uh, Hostetler is going to be a very good pitcher this season. One of the best in the area, probably, the mm-hmm. way she pitched. Fairfield had, had nothing doing the whole game. They couldn't they could not figure her out at all. Mm-hmm. No hits. She had one only surrendered one walk and 12 strikeouts in five innings. So that's pretty good. Uh, honestly, Fairfield... On you know fielding wise, Brooke Sanchez pitcher didn't pitch badly. Like yeah. honestly, like they had six errors. Like they couldn't field the ball. Like <laughs> they couldn't field the softball. They, that was the biggest issue for the Falcons. Definitely. Like I would say if they had a lot, if they had a better game in the field, it wouldn't have been nearly as bad. But they they were just having issues out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, Skibby wasn't very happy about it. He said this is this is not Fairfield softball, and any stretch of the imagination is what he told me. And mm-hmm. He expects his team to. Bounce backs, just one game. Score looks bad. Was a bad performance, but there's tons of t- tons of game left. So, right. But Northridge definitely looks strong, and I expect them to have a pretty good season. They, Small they, sample size, but that's what I expect. They, they're still the uh, they're still the reigning sectional champions from that 4A sectional that they're in, and uh, they get to host it this year at their new facility. So, uh, you know, should be an interesting season for them. Obviously, you know, no one played last year, like I said, so it's hard to tell who's maybe good, but you see some of these early scores, early performances, you're hoping that maybe these are the teams to follow. You know, someone, someone, another pitcher, you mentioned Hostetler, um, that could be one of the best in the area. Another girl staking her claim as a, one of the best pitchers in this, for softball in this area is Alexis Antel from Westview. Um, in her first game on Saturday that I was at against Wawasee, she had a perfect game through six innings and uh, gave up, Gave up three hits and two runs in the in the seventh, unfortunately, to lose it. Um, and then she fouled that up Monday with a no-hitter against Elkhart Christian. 13 strikeouts, no walks, uh, three errors only for for the war for the Warriors on defense that caught that didn't that saved the or disrupted the perfect game, I should say. Um, so Antel two and zero. She's given up three hits and struck out 28 in two games. It's not bad. Uh, and Hostetler, obviously, 12 strikeouts in her debut. Like, man, they both those two are looking real, real strong uh, right now. Um, Westview 2-0, obviously. And West Noble, 3-0, beat Goshen. The Chargers. Uh, the Chargers beat Goshen on Friday and then just kind of beat Riley twice badly on Saturday. Um, Goshen 2-1 as well. Uh, you were at that West Noble Goshen game too. Any any comments? Any insights about the Chargers and the Red Hawks you you, you observed from that one? Um, well, honestly, I think both teams are going to be pretty good from what I saw. Like you said, Goshen's two and one. West Noble's three and zero now. It was an eleven eight final. You know, West Noble had 
eight-run inning to where they went up 9-1, mm-hmm. and Goshen kind of fought back a little bit. So that was nice. Of, it was good for them to, like, not lay down. as early in the game. It was, like, second inning, 9-1, and they came back to cut it close. But, yeah, West Noble, as far as in the batter's box, they've scored 39 runs for their first three games. <laughs> it's pretty good. So, it's a good average. Uh, Coach it's Click, Coach Click is uh, <laughs> expecting that to continue. He's a big fan of his team this season. He expects them to do big things, and so far that's what they've done. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they uh, they've looked good early. Um, I know we talked a lot about pitching, but also shout out Kirsten Roos from Lakeland. She's had four home runs in her first three games. Uh, she's already got the program record for most home runs. She's going to uh, Coastal Carolina to play softball. Uh, Lakeland lost her first couple. Uh, but came back uh, last night, Monday night, and won 17-12 to over Wallace C. So, if you like runs and you were in Syracuse on Monday night, you, you got 29 of them. So, uh, pretty good stuff. So, uh, yeah, so baseball, everything's officially can start now. Girls tennis, boys golf, softball, baseball, both tracks. Um, I was at Goshen and Elkhart track last week. Uh, and... I don't know about you, Evan, but like I've just noticed there's a different level of excitement right now just having the sports back. Like just talking to coaches, talking to players, for me at least, it feels like there's a different uh, energy level right now. Just a, maybe a bigger appreciation to have it since we didn't have it last year. You really took that out of the broadcaster's book right there. What? I don't know about you, man, but <laughs> it, it seems like. Hey, the excitement's in the air. Look, look, I am. Uh, I I went to school and studied broadcast, so I I've got all the tools in the in the toolbox right here at my disposal. I could get real announcery if you want me to. And then you passed it to me, your color analyst. I know you're the what color analyst. What do you analyst. say, Evan? What do you say, Evan? I just made great points. What do you say about my great points? You know. I mean, it is a great point. It's been two years. Why wouldn't there be a bunch of excitement? Mm-hmm. I would agree with you. It seems like I mean, in the, in the. Uh, the size of the attendance of the events I've been to, so it's it's been. Yeah, you can just tell that people are really excited to have these spring sports back. Not only not only the fans, but the players, everybody involved. So, yeah, yeah. so far a good start. So hopefully it continues as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. And I think you're seeing more people too because, you know, obviously like COVID numbers are you know they're they're getting a little lower in the state. Obviously the governor announced last week that a mask mandate's ending April sixth now. Most schools I've talked with are still staying with mask mandates um, throughout the school. I know Elkhart County schools, at least the Goshen Athletic Director, Larry Kissinger, has told me that Elkhart schools will keep mask mandates through the school year. Um, so that includes sporting events as well. But, you know, people are getting vaccinated. We're all going outside. The weather has been relatively okay for the most part. There's been a couple. It's going to get cold here for a little bit. But for the most part, we've had decent spring weather. Uh, Better than it's been in years past, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, there's just a general excitement, extra excitement level to have this back and combined with the COVID vaccinations and, you know, case numbers kind of at least decreasing in this state. So, um, yeah, I don't think we're going to be mask off Hoosiering until the fall Mm -hmm. where it's crossed the line. Well, hopefully, Mm -hmm. hopefully before that, but that's that's my yeah, I'm pretty bad at predictions, but that's my prediction. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about predictions later on our NCAA tournament talk. Um, quickly, before we get to that, though, we want to give a quick um, little shout-out, maybe a shout-out, to the Goshen College men's volleyball team. They have uh, qualified for the Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference Tournament, which begins on Friday. Uh, they are the four seed in the conference tournament, playing number one Lords. 
Uh, it's Friday at 7 p.m. at Lords, and if they somehow pull the upset, they will play for the title game, the title at 1 o'clock on Saturday. Um, if they win both games, which would be two upsets, they will qualify automatically for the national tournament uh, April 19th to the 24th in Des Moines, Iowa. So They've already made history by qualifying for the WHAC tournament because right. mm-hmm. they've never done that. Yep. First time in program history. Yep, and obviously it's a, a pretty young program, only third year competing at the NAIA level, like full-on schedule. But, Still. hey, in three years to get yourself in a position to you know play in a conference tournament is, a, is no easy uh, easy feat. Uh, so they're 15 and eight overall, seven and five, and the I guess you call it the whack. Would you call, would you say it whack? The whack. The whack. 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 <laughs> the seven and five and the whack. It's um, the Wolverine Hoosier athletic. They conference. were uh, they were they have been ranked at times this year in the top 15 coaches poll. This last poll they were in the receiving votes category, 17th overall. Um, number they are playing Lords, who's ranked ninth. And the other semifinal is number 11, Indiana Tech, and number 14, Siena Heights. So this is a pretty stiff competition in the WAC conference. So the conference I'm just going to call it WAC. The conference is very split because mm-hmm. top four teams are, like, very good, and then the <laughs> bottom four teams are very bad. Yeah. So yeah. that's so, how it goes. Yeah, and, and it's weird because and uh, both the one and the two seed and the three and the four seed were decided by tiebreakers. Uh, Siena Heights and Goshen – were same conference record, but Siena Heights got the three seed because of a, um, I believe it was sets one percentage, like that's a stupid try in the whole season and the whole (laughs) right. So and 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 then same thing with Lords over Indiana Tech. They were both ten and two in conference, but Lords had the higher set percentage one, so they got the tiebreaker over Indiana Tech. That's why that's how Lords gets to host it. The number one seed hosts the whole thing, so. If Tech had won more sets, it'd be in Fort Wayne instead of in Lourdes, uh, which is in Ohio. So, hmm. bummer. Maybe we would have went to Fort Wayne. I'm just saying. I'm just putting that out there. Indiana Tech, you blew it, man. Unbelievable. So, should be interesting to see. The Leafs are obviously talented. Uh, tough conference, as you can tell by the records and the rankings. Um, they you got know? swept by. Unfortunately, they got swept both regular season matchups against Lourdes. Yep. So something big is going to have to change for them right. to win. And they're 0-2 against Tech this year, 1-1 against Siena Heights. So it would take a lot, but, I mean, they're talented and they could do it. There's no there's no way, you know, reason why they couldn't do it, you know. Uh, so should be interesting. Should be interesting to see how they do this weekend. And and, and they could still potentially get an at-large bid as well uh, to the national tournament. That, that would take a lot of work too. A lot of other teams might have to lose and they might have to – maybe beat Lords at least win one game this weekend to maybe get in that conversation. But um, Where's the uh, national tournament at? Des Moines, Iowa. Where you – yeah. The capital of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Nice. Des Moines. So, you know, put in the put in the mileage request now, and we'll see if we get it. So <laughs> I'm sure that will get uh, approved. That one will get improved just as soon as the uh, Notre Dame College World Series budget gets approved, right? Omaha. Omaha <laughs> for 11 days. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the NCAA tournament, or maybe not. We don't have to. Um, last week I said I was least impressed by Houston in that bottom right bracket, and now they're in the final four. So talking about Notre Dame first or NCAA tournament first? Let's do the NCAA tournament. Or should we just talk about Notre Dame? 
Mm. I already just mentioned how I picked how my least favorite team in the bracket was Houston, and they're in the final four. Heads or tails? No. You can just we can continue with NCAA tournament talk. That's fine. That's good. I'm glad we're doing this now and not 20 minutes before we started. So gives the show some character. Yes, you're going to the brains of Austin Huff and Evan Leepak right now. More more so the brain of Evan Leepak than me. Um, There's not a lot going on. Well, <laughs> yeah, I've known that for I've known that since we hired you, bud. Um, anyway, so why'd you hire me? I don't know. I don't know. I ask that question every day. Uh, Houston, so last night, Elite Eight games. Houston and Baylor have advanced to the Final Four. Uh, at the taping of this podcast, the other Final Four games have not been set. Uh, the Elite Eight games are happening after we tape this. So tonight, Gonzaga versus uh, no USC, and I almost said UCLA. <laughs> Uh, Gonzaga, USC, UCLA, Michigan. Correct. So, out of all this chaos that we've had in the tournament, we could, in theory, still have three one seeds and a two seed in the Final Four. I think that's what's going to happen. It could happen. So, don't jinx yourself because, like, like I said, we, I picked Arkansas and Loyola to come out of the respective regions that Baylor and Houston are now coming out of. Once we reset the bracket, so it's going to be a fun Final been, Four. My picks have been exceptionally terrible this year. Oh, so. yeah. My bracket's the worst it's ever been. Yeah. So, at least uh, at least the overhit on UCLA and USC on Sunday night. Barely. Barely. Shout out Alabama for forcing overtime. Well, USU, it went over pretty easily with that USU-Oregon game. But, yeah, Alabama saved the over with that, <laughs> uh, with that three-point shot. Unbelievable. That was a great game. That might have been the best game of the tournament. There have been a couple really good tournament games. Arkansas-Texas Tech – uh, Arkansas Royal Roberts was good over the weekend. Uh, UCLA Alabama was good on Sunday night. Um, so there's been some good tournament games this year, along with all the chaos of the, you know, upsets and things like that. So and last night, Oregon State Houston, the the under hit by a point. <laughs> the under was 129, and it was 128 was the yeah the point total. And it was funny because like there's three and a half seconds left, and Houston got the ball in. And Oregon State trapped. I was like, oh, are they going to foul? Are they going to foul? Are they going to have a bunch of sad, sad underbetters here? But mm-hmm. nope, they didn't foul. So. Yeah. So they, uh, that game was a blowout, and then it wasn't. It was like, oh, wait, Oregon State tied the game. Okay, with like three and a half left. And then Houston kind of put them away at the end. But yep. All that effort for nothing. Yeah. Oh, well. Oregon State, the like most un-Cinderella Cinderella, Cinderella team ever. 12 seed from a Power 5 conference, big in the Elite Eight. Doesn't really get the juices flowing, you know? It does when you consider the fact that they were picked to finish 12th in the Pac-12. Yeah. And they had no shot at all of making the NCAA tournament unless they won the conference tournament. And they won all. They went through the conference tournament, won all those games, and they made it all the way to the Elite Eight. Pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not impressive. It's a magical run. I'm not saying it's not impressive. So I'm it's just a saying... magical run, so that means it's a Cinderella run, so it constitutes as a Cinderella. I don't I don't know how magical it was. It's pretty magical. I don't know. They beat Sister Jean and Loyola. Well, that takes some yeah, magic. Yeah, Sister Jean was playing point guard out there. Yeah, it was pretty amazing how they shut her down. The yeah. Sister Jean magic wore off against mm-hmm. Oregon State. So. Must not have had a good enough scouting report on uh, Oregon State. So. She did it. Yeah. That's why. All right, we'll suck Notre Dame. We already mentioned it. Uh, Notre Dame's going to the College wait, World Series. Well, wait a second. Whoa, whoa. Sorry, bud. USC Gonzaga, what do you think tonight? I don't want to make a prediction because it's going to be wrong. Well, I think USC's going to cover. Plus nine, I think they'll cover. I don't think they'll win, 
But I think feels it, like I think cover. it'll be a close game. Feels like a cover, but you also thought Creighton thirteen and a half was gonna work. No, you didn't play it, but you, you thought it might work. Uh, I, I've not been a fan of Creighton the whole time, so I was I was even surprised that they're in the Sweet Sixteen, honestly. But thirteen and a half did seem like a bit big spread, but uh, mm-hmm. obviously we saw that Gonzaga covered. But yeah, yeah. pretty comfortably. It's going to be Gonzaga and Baylor in the national championship. That's my prediction. Seems like that. Seems like it's going to be that, which we could have predicted back in December probably. So, Well, the two best college basketball right. teams will make for a good national championship. Well, it should. I'm not saying it's not going to, but I hope Gonzaga closes it out and gets undefe- goes for the undefeated season. Um, but I'm not making any predictions. So I've made those mistakes. I'm not, not going back down that down that road. So Very good. Um Anyway, Notre Dame. Back to the uh, back to your the most important stuff, Notre Dame baseball. Uh, the College World Series hopefuls. The College World Series hopefuls. <laughs> they are consistently ranked in the top fifteen in every major baseball poll this week. Thirteenth in D one baseball's rankings. Beat beat Louisville on Saturday. You were there. Ryan Cole had a walk off. Second time you've seen Ryan Cole had a walk off at a Notre Dame baseball game this year. So you're the you're the good luck charm. Um, Dude's got ice in his veins. Yes. On a consistent basis, mm-hmm. always. It was their first time beating Louisville in 21 games, I read, as well. Yep. It's and pretty... it's a big win because Louisville's ranked 7th. They were ranked 6th at the time, but now they're 7th. So that's a, that, that is a big win, and it kind of kind of tells you maybe gauges where this Irish team is, mm-hmm. you know, because right. they didn't really play anybody before Louisville in reality. But right. they, they did – very very competitive in the first game that they lost, and they won on that walk off. So, this team seems pretty for real to me. So, mm-hmm. and that their next two series are against Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech, twelve and eight and thirteen seven currently respectively. So, I mean, those are winnable series as well. So they could continue winning, and mm-hmm. if they continue winning, they'll stay ranked high and on the uh, NCAA tournament radar. So. Yeah, it should be fun. It should be fun to follow the Irish and. Uh, also over at Notre Dame, the football team began spring practices uh, this past weekend, and uh, no access allowed for media or outside guests, so I have no idea how they look. Don't ask me. Um, I'm not going to study the three minutes of video they give us every day. Not going to do it. Don't care. Um, I, yeah. Jack Cohn, sure. Starting quarterback, sure. Drew Pine, so. Drew Pine, Tyler Buchner, Buckner. Buckner, those are the three quarterbacks kind of contending for the starting job. You know, obviously replacing Ian Book will be priority number one for Notre Dame. Priority number two is probably replacing Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa, the linebacker. Uh, Paul Malala, Penn grad uh, from the area, he seems to be recovering from an Achilles injury pretty quickly. He tore his Achilles against Florida State in October, and he might actually be back by the end of spring practices, like going full on. So. He was the backup rover linebacker last year, and then Isaiah Pryor shifted from safety to rover linebacker um, yeah, when Malala went down. So mm-hmm. we'll see, I guess. What do you think about Jack Cohn? You think he's a prototypical Notre Dame quarterback? If it was like 1987, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. He wasn't that impressive with Wisconsin. Yeah. His numbers that. aren't the most, you know. He was just handing it off to Jonathan Taylor all the time. Which, if you have Jonathan Taylor, fine. You know, do it. But 
Um, yeah, his numbers weren't overly impressive at Wisconsin, and you know they won they won a lot of games, and they went to the Rose Bowl and played Oregon. Um, so you know they played against Justin Herbert in Oregon, and Oregon won that game. So he's, he's not a, a uh, he. He had a foot injury. He did have a foot injury, and yeah. he missed the whole season because yeah. of that. Yeah, obviously last year the Big Ten didn't start till mid October, so they only played six seven games, and he broke his foot like three weeks before games started. So. And then the uh, freshman kid played and got COVID. Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz, yeah. So, played, like, destroyed Illinois and then got COVID. So, uh, yeah. So He's going to be good this year. Cone, Cone, I feel like, is just like a – it doesn't feel like a guy who can take it to the next level, you know. Um, he feels like a safe bet to win 10 games, 9 games. He's not going to make mistakes. He only threw, like, five interceptions – you know, two seasons ago. So, like, he's not going to make mistakes. He's going to run the offense well. He's a he's a senior, graduate senior, so that helps his case. Like, the other two options right now on the roster are Drew Pine, who is a redshirt freshman, took maybe 20 snaps last year, 30 snaps maybe, you know. And then Tyler Buckner is a redshirt freshman, hasn't played football in more than a year because high school football got canceled in California last fall, and now he's enrolled early at, you know, Notre Dame. So, I don't know. I don't know what to think. And, you know, the video they're going to give us is not going to show as much. So, just wait till May 1st for the spring game and we'll see how they look out there and uh, go from there. So, sounds good. Yeah. I'll try to write about them for the next month, try to make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. But, you know, <laughs> I like to think I know what I'm talking about. But, you know, it's tough when you can't see it. So, um, anyway. It's going to be a good week. A lot of spring sports this week before spring break where there's nothing going on. So, baseball, track, girls tennis. I know they're all in full swing. I don't know if anyone's playing golf this week, uh, but definitely after spring break, they're playing golf. So, wait for the war- weather to get warmer. Come back after April, you know, mid-April, come in mid-April, and then start hitting the links. So, um, should be a uh, should be a good spring. Off to a good start so far, and uh, it's very exciting. You know, it's very exciting to have it back. So, you agree? Yes. People can't see your shaking head, so it's <laughs> nodding head. I agree. Thank you. Of course. And that'll do it for this edition of the Ghost Junior Sports Podcast. Thank you for listening. We'll be back.